0: Welcome back to Elephants in the Room podcast. I am your host, Ari Marie, and the title of this week's episode is Becoming a Woman Unfiltered. So last week was about the men and their perspective, so y'all know I had to follow up with the ladies immediately after. And my inspiration behind this episode came from me watching Michelle Obama's documentary Becoming. Hence becoming a woman. (laughs) Everything she spoke about was relatable to myself and many other women I know. And y'all know I love me a good quote. So I'm going to kick it off with one of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite activists, Malcolm X himself. Quote The most disrespected person in America is the black woman the most unprotected person in America is the black woman, end quote. We are gonna let that marinate and come back to that later, but I just want that to linger on your mind um, while we continue with this episode. So my intention for episode five is for listeners to get a small taste of what it's like being a woman and hear the different experiences we had while on our transition from a girl to a woman. Keep in mind that every episode I do is intentional, and my number one goal with elephants is to give a voice to my people to express things that we didn't have a chance to or were too afraid to address at one point of our lives. So with that being said, I would like to introduce my first guest, for becoming a woman unfiltered she is also a podcaster creative businesswoman student and what I would consider a real ass woman (laughs) I took the time to listen to one of her episodes titled her story overcoming depression and when I say I was shook y'all I mean like I was shook and the reason being is because our stories are very similar and I mean dairy, And it's crazy to me because we went to Illinois State together. And we were um, going through some of the same things. And I would have never guessed it because from the outside looking in, sis was on her shit. And that statement still is valid. But I would have never known that she went through even half of what I just learned from her episode, her story. So allow me to introduce
1: the queen herself, Miss Caprice Risby. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I am so ecstatic to be on this podcast. As I mentioned to Ari, this is my first time being asked to be on someone else's podcast. So it feels mm-hmm. good. Um, I never... It it really feels good, like, and people tell me, like, I'm so glad you asked me to be on your podcast, blah, 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 and I'm just like, yeah, 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 you know, but then, like, asking to be on someone else's, I see, I can understand that feeling, because it's like, you know, why me, so (laughs) I'm happy to be
0: here. (laughs) Well, I am happy to have you here. It's crazy because with me doing this, so many people are like, Okay, when you gonna put me on, where you gonna put me on? I'm like, damn, y'all wanna be on my podcast? I know. I'm like shit. I'm honored. And then when I ask people and they agree and they're like, Oh my god, I'm so honored. I'm like, For real? Like, are y'all really fuck with the kid? Wow. <laughs> like, it's just like a great feeling. So I'm happy to have you here. Um and so First off, I would like for you to go ahead and talk about your podcast and let the listeners know um, what
1: was the reason behind uh, your podcast. So, um, my podcast is entitled "The Mentally Cleaning Podcast," and so I started with mentally cleaning just by accident. Like I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying I'm so creative like I don't I blow my own self away sometimes and so like Mm -hmm. I I just was like I started this thing called uh rejuvenation of a hunt for 100 days and so Mm -hmm. I was putting together a quote so basically I had like these groups of women from ISU in this group chat and then we I did like journal prompts so I came up with a quote and then at the end like, people were saying, like, queen and this and queen and that, and then I just kind of put, like, mentally queen it. If something... I was going through my Instagram page one day, and I just looked at that quote, and then I just looked at the name. I'm like, I need to do something with that, because that's kind of dope. And then it just turned into this mm-hmm. thing. And so... um First, it was the text messages. I started sending out. People would subscribe to the text message. I would send out a mass text message um, mm-hmm. using this website. And then I started doing the podcast. And this was before I started going through depression. This is when I had started having anxiety first. And so okay. when I t- I came up with mentally quinnin the podcast when I was diagnosed with depression because I needed I didn't I didn't want to journal like. I don't like writing stuff. I do like writing stuff down, but not to that effect. And so I just kind of felt like the podcast was my journal. And I really didn't Mm -hmm. do too much with it. And then um, I got to Texas and I needed a hobby. Like, I'm not in school. And so, like, even when I was in school, I always had, I was always doing something. Right. In addition to going to school. And so I couldn't just be here working and not Mm -hmm. doing anything else because that's just not me i have to be busy and so and a part of me having to be busy is keeping myself busy because if i'm not keeping myself busy then my mind doesn't it goes yeah it goes to places that exactly (laughs) it goes to places i don't want it to go and it's still Mm -hmm. like that and so Mm -hmm. um basically what i talk about on mentally queening is i just talk about like i have all these topics like you know um I don't know what I've done so far. I just blank, honestly, but um, I talked <laughs> Girl, about- what you
0: mean you don't know what you've done so far? You've done a lot, I, I okay? I did. I just can't
1: think of the <laughs> topics like i talked oh, to people. Oh, I talked, I had a podcast with someone. I talked about business etiquette. I talked to someone about moving to a new city. I talked to mm-hmm. Brianna Brown mm-hmm. from ISU about yeah, being pregnant you. while in college. And so just topics like that that we go through as women- Mm-hmm. and just I want to talk to regular women because we all yes. have a powerful story like we all have a testimony as yes. Eric can attest to because she has a podcast she does the same thing and so um, that's really what the why I do it um, and why mm-hmm. I'm going so hard with it because I really do think like the brand itself mentally cleaning can become something big because like God put it on my heart mm-hmm. and so he's like if you stay consistent with it then it can turn to be something you would have never imagined. So I had the podcast, I had the text messages, I have the Instagram page, I have the group chat, and I now I'm about to have a planner. And so um, I want to have retreats, I want to have brunches, I want to have seminars. Yes. And so um, basically, yeah, that's really it. <laughs> like, that's the reason why I started it. Um, I don't think I've, I have been asked that question before, but it's like the answer changes every time. Every time, because, yeah. Yeah, so yeah.
0: Okay, well, um, I wanted to touch on you saying that God had put mentally cleaning on your heart because I literally had like the same experience with elephants because, okay, so um, my journey on becoming a woman, I was recently, last May, I had started my first big girl job as an assistant to the marketing director. And last year I had made up my mind after losing uh somebody who was a father figure to me I made up my mind that I was done doing shit that wasn't beneficial to my career and my future so I was like I'm not working a job until um it's something that I want to do so I got hired at this um radio advertising company as an assistant to the marketing director so I started in May and I excelled in the job but um i was laid off in november due to the fact that um i basically called them out on the discrimination and um the bullshit that was going on within the company now normally i mind my business because i already know we're working for these corporations and these businesses that it's about politics it's about the money you know it's about all the shit that really i'm not gonna say doesn't matter but shouldn't matter as much and so um they was on bullshit with me steady coming up with pulling me into the office about this and that and so I had approached them when the first time what pissed me off is where they called me a distraction the general manager said I was a distraction and this is one of the things I want to touch on in this episode is what it's like to be a black woman um, at school and in these corporations and uh, these jobs. Of me being called a distraction because I work in the marketing department, but I also work with the sales team and the administration department. So I'm in the sales room on the sales floor speaking with managers about business because part of my job was to get contracts with radio stations all over the country. And so I'm asking um, the the sales manager, okay, well, what areas do you guys need more radio stations? What market should I look in? Literally downstairs on the sales floor working. Mm-hmm. And because I'm an attractive female, the males that are all in the sales floor, of course, you know, in my face trying to flirt, this, that, and the third. One, I have no control over that. I cannot control somebody else coming up to me and talking to me and this, that, and the third. Now, I handle myself a certain way and I carry myself a certain way as a woman, especially as a black woman and in the workplace. So I was never rude to really any of the guys that would talk to me, you know. I was never disrespectful. I would let them know like I'm not one to be played with. But still, you know, I kept it friendly. And so when it was came to my attention when my manager pulled me in the office and was like, Oh well the GM said that you know you're not allowed on the sales floor anymore because you're a distraction oh baby you got me fucked up Mm -hmm. because a distraction my ass I'm down there working so what I did was I went to the general manager myself and I was like you know can I talk to you so I went in his office and I'm like you know well it was brought to my attention by my manager that you know I'm being viewed as a distraction and you know I'm you know, I actually feel some type of way with that about that. I disagree with you because I'm down there working. And the guys who are in my face and all of that, first of all, them niggas ain't working regardless of me being down there. Uh, most of them wasn't doing shit. So that had nothing to do with me being down there. But now you want to use me as an excuse as to why they're not working. No, this is what we're not going to do. So I spoke to him about it. He was just like, you know, I just you're you are an attractive woman. And I know these guys that because this was it was a family owned business. So they the people that were in management had been working there for years. So you already know how that goes. And so um, he was just like, you know, I'm just trying to protect you because I know these guys. And, you know, and I'm like, okay, I understand that. I appreciate that. I definitely do. But you got it wrong here. And I literally could not go on the sales floor like any like I was not allowed to go on the sales floor because I was a distraction. So that was strike number one. Strike number two came after um, I was accused of what did they call it? Misrepresenting the company. With some t- some shit with uh contracts, and mind you, the type of work I am I'm very efficient um and whenever I would before I even would turn in a contract or enter anything enter any new radio station in the system, I would have my manager check it so it was one it was like on a Friday I gave her this the radio stations to approve you know I come back like that Monday and I'm getting pulled in the office because the sales manager uh the general sales manager is saying that i am misrepresenting the company by trying to do some shit with some contracts first of all why the fuck would i do that when i literally gave her the the contracts in the radio stations? if i was trying to be you know sneaky or do anything i wouldn't have gave it to her to look at in the first place so what fucking sense does that make and so with that I had already. It was other things that was happening with me um, in the company where I knew that I wasn't going to be around too much longer Mm -hmm. um, because they couldn't handle me. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. you you hear what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. they laid me off. I got laid off in November, and so from I haven't been working since November of 2019. Mind you, we're about to go into June in two weeks. So before this quarantine started, I was damn near about to fall back into depression because I wasn't working. Granted, I was in school, and so that kept me productive, but I wasn't making the money that I was making, and so it was a setback. And that shit really had me down because I had worked so hard to finally get into you know my career and to have that setback. It was like a reality check, but it was hard. And so- When after they announced the second stay at home order, I was like, okay, now I got to do something because I'm going to fucking drive myself crazy just in the house every day. I already was quarantining before quarantine. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, okay, how am I going to make it through this without losing my fucking mind? And so that's when literally like one week I planned elephants in the room episodes, ideas, came up with an outline and everything, and I put it into fruition. And literally, I'm probably going on five to six weeks of um, elephants in the room, and I have 200 listens. And I can't believe it. The amount of support and love that I've been given is it's overwhelming. It's crazy, but I am excited. So um, I wanted to touch on you saying that God put that on your heart, because I do honestly feel that God had put elephants on my heart as well and I was literally talking to one of my friends um, from who I met while living in Atlanta and we were catching up and we were talking about God and um, I hear that you speak about God and I follow you and so I know that you're a believer and you have strong faith and I feel like I'm so happy that a lot of us are loud and giving glory to him because I was really just literally just saying earlier, like all you have to do is just to listen to him and follow his word and everything else just falls into place. And I've been asking and praying, you know, for him to help me walk and my purpose as well as his purpose and do his work. And I've been the happiest mm-hmm. I've ever been in years. So I just wanted to touch on that um, piggyback off that and just say like, I, I feel you. I, support you a thousand percent and I can't wait to see where mentally queening goes I need my planner like ASAP <laughs> <laughs> and I just definitely want to work with you um, again in the future so again thank you for coming on Elephants and I am about to go ahead and get into this interview Um, so um, we kind of touched that so I want to go into uh-huh. how was undergrad different um from your experience in grad school and what was your motivation to go to grad school because I see a lot of women now that's like fucking I'm gonna go get my master's like what is the um inspiration behind
1: grad school so the difference between undergrad and grad you talking about my experience that mm-hmm. okay so okay let me just start by saying this undergrad is a little bit easier than grad school because you you have you you're able to have all these different classes while also being able to do things outside of class and still be able to maintain your grades. Mm-hmm. And so grad school is more focused. You have less right. classes but you spend more time in the class and you um, and there's more uh, what's the word there's more expectation so mm-hmm. it's like I, especially from us going straight from undergrad to grad school I think they expect for us to know certain things and it's just like no this is grad school it's different like you can quote yeah. something in undergrad and just put it in your apa whatever uh Mm -hmm. at the end of the essay in grad school if you directly quote something it's like bad you need to put it in your own words type of thing Mm -hmm. and so it's just like little stuff like that and then the teachers in my experience they were more harsh with their how they uh reviewed your work and how they critique you on your work and so it's just like I get a paperback with all type of question marks and what is this like damn like you know I know you ain't just confused you know it just, it just used to, like really make upset me because they just used to do the most in my opinion and so like you. <laughs> when you're in grad school I was still I was still uh I'm a member of uh Delta Sigma Theta and I was still I was the regional representative which was a lot of work Um, it's like the second highest ranking position in the sorority for collegiate and I did that so it was traveling and then I was still trying to do like I wanted to I was still trying to manage DAW which was my undergraduate organization that I had started and so you can't do all of that in grad school like some people can I couldn't like and Mm so my experience was as an undergrad I had my friends and I had my ships and I had my pro fights and stuff like that. And so like, I had more support. I have, mm -hmm. I felt more supported in the classroom with the teachers and they want to see you when in grad school is just like, so you really just going to take off that amount of points without warning for the first paper, and you you know what I'm saying like you're not going uh-huh. <laughs> like I don't it was it's just more expectation and so like uh-huh. that's not a bad thing that's just the way it is but as far as like my experience it was so negatively impacted because my teachers didn't believe in me and that was already hard in a class full of this way called a cohort when you go to grad school and you're mm-hmm. in you know your your class your cohort you have all of your classes with these people for the most part and y'all supposed to stick together however i i was always humble i grew up humble and so it was like i ha- i was in a class with a bunch of entitled white people mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. got on my everlasting nerves because of the that things girl. that they would say and i got tired and i'm sorry and i hope this doesn't offend anybody no don't be sorry
0: for speaking your truth baby i got tired... people need
1: to hear it yeah okay thank you i got tired of talking about why the LGBTQ community was so minoritized. Like how how they're yeah, you know yeah. like okay we need it but like when <laughs> but we don't spend as much time talking about Black students. Why are we at ISU specifically the most going on academic probation? Why are we dropping out the most? Like why aren't we graduating? Mm-hmm. And so to me we. Have more issue that needs to be taken care of first before we start talking about. Okay, because I have like one of my ships is gay, so I'm not saying anything is wrong with being gay. I have no issue with that. The issue is is that the amount of time and that we spent on it, it was just a little annoying because I get it. They are a group that you know it's not easy to be
0: definitely
1: in the LGBTQ, it's not easy because there's a lot of backlash, which that's Mm -hmm. true and it shouldn't be, but it is. But like being black, the reason why that mattered so much to me was because of in the classroom itself, I didn't feel supported by the teachers or the classmates and Mm -hmm. besides the black ones. Um, And that's why that impacted me the most. That was the hard part because as an undergrad, I didn't people say what they want about ISU, whatever. I don't regret going to ISU, especially as an undergrad, because I didn't have those negative race experiences. Like there'll be times in class where I'd be arguing with an idiot. You know what I'm saying? Because we <laughs> we talking about politics. But other than that, I, I didn't feel that. But when I got to grad school, I definitely felt that. I felt very it's already hard being black. And then it's a it's even harder being a black woman. But like the people in my class were very entitled. They were very arrogant. They were very competitive, and I'm just like, to me, I'm I'm thinking like, we're a cohort. We are supposed to when when this when this <laughs> when it was introduced to me, they say, you know, your cohort is your people's like y'all. Uh-huh. You know, y'all study together. Y'all bounce ideas off of each other. Like I remember asking this. Uh, and Violet goes by they. Violet was born a girl. Violet's real name is mm-hmm. actually Taylor. So Violet. I remember asking in the group chat, like, you know, what questions are y'all asking, you know, so I can bounce some ideas off y'all. We have to do this interview assignment. Violet says, um, I think this is an individual assignment, but if you need help, like something, something, not she, something they said, because Violet goes by they, something <laughs> they said. I went off. I'm like, this is why I don't like y'all now. Like, I don't like y'all. Like, y'all really irked me. Like, I don't like y'all. Y'all competitive. Y'all think y'all better than other people. Y'all always want to push this agenda. And this is the reason why I don't like y'all. So when y'all wonder why I don't participate in class when y'all want me to, is, unless it's the teacher's directions, it's because I don't like y'all, y'all. I can't stand y'all. Like, y'all suck. I, I, I've I never dealt with anything like this. You people are terrible people, and you're gonna be terrible in your jobs, because all you think about is getting ahead for yourself. We are not in a competition. I don't see your grades, you don't see my grades. I don't know that. Like, they just was like, I, 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 that's what really did it, because I did not feel supported. My teacher told me to drop out when I didn't have to drop out. Mm-mm out um because um you may not get into another grad program and then when all I had to really do was drop a couple classes and go on academic probation okay I try again I didn't make it but still I at least I had that option because She's not even an advisor and she's telling me what I should do. Mm -hmm. You're a teacher for one class. Like, who does that? And so, no, I don't mess with them. I didn't Mm -hmm. like my grad schoolers. I don't mess with them. I don't like my grad school experience. (laughs) There's some things I could have done differently, too. I was... I. I went into grad school, mm-hmm. and this is your second question. Why did I go to grad school? I went into grad school because as an undergrad, I was heavily involved. I was an RA. I started Daw. I was a right. Delta. I was a mentor for Maasai. I was, I volunteered for First Look every year. Like, I was heavily involved with the campus because it made me happy to mm-hmm. see, to make an impact on yeah. students' lives because we are really struggling. So when I was a Maasai mentor, mm-hmm. I was mentored yeah. Black and Hispanic, uh, girls and them was my people's like I made sure they were straight I was their mentor and that really right. so when I w- was about to go into grad school for project management I'm like I'm just doing this because that's what other people do coming out of the graphic communications major mm-hmm. and I'm like I don't even really I don't I like my major but I don't I'm, I really like you know helping students they say oh well this is student affairs so it was the same thing. I got into ISU for a ride with a graduate assistantship. My graduate assistantship—that's what really put the cherry on top because my—I had a boss tell me, you know, you don't talk to people. And what did your mama always tell you? you? Don't go to work to make friends. Like I don't. I I come here and I'm supposed Ooh. to do my job. I do my job well. What is the yeah, why do I got to talk huh? to these 60 70 year old women I don't got grandkids like and then she said I need to talk to two people per day or something <laughs> like she was a micromanager and so it made it really hard I'm already got Girl. school lady why do I need to be counting how many people I talk to during the day I talk <laughs> to students like that's my job I don't why do I have to interact with you I'm a shy person like you people may not think that given all the things I'm involved in but I'm like I don't like small talk I don't like engaging in small talk I feel awkward and so like if me and you just don't vibe we don't vibe but I vibe with the director of the career center Mm -hmm. because she was black and so like we vibed well and so that was just the that was just the the um the trend is that everybody that I encountered while I was in grad school if they were black, I vibe with them. If they were white, I just didn't. But it wasn't like that as an undergrad. I didn't. I vibe mm-hmm. with both, you know. And so mm-hmm. my residents were white. Like mm-hmm. I was cool with. I didn't have no issues with that. But as a grad school, it just stood out a little bit more. So also with the grad schools, I was scared. Like I was. I just. I it was. It was. I was scared because I didn't know what I was gonna do. After I graduated, hearing the careers and things that people went in right. went into after they graduated, I didn't want to do it. I don't, I don't, I can do them, but mm-hmm. I don't like doing logos. I don't like doing flyers. I don't like doing that stuff because I don't like interacting with people, going back and forth about what you do doing. Don't like because I'm not that. I'm just not that type of person. I'm not a customer service person. Right. Like.
0: <laughs> well, at least you know that about yourself because I hate people that get into those roles and ain't customer service friendly. And it's just like, yeah, I know well, not get another and job, they be raining on my parade. It's funny because I'm cause the cause
1: customer don't service. Don't like next, what literally, do. what I do is to <laughs> the phone, but it's, it's simple, it's quick. You know, after I get them off the phone, I got to deal with them again. (laughs) And so I get the next person that makes me mad. But it's okay because I'm not interacting with them in person. (laughs) You know, they're not telling me what to do. They just, I, I have, I give them the information they need. If they don't like it, so what? If they like it, then have a great day. Other than that, but I don't have an attitude about it. But like with the graphic design thing, I don't have the patience at the moment to keep going back and forth. Switching things and stuff like that because when I promoted my services, I had a lot of people coming to me at one time and then they need stuff done within a week, so then it's like, Oh, I could do all of this, but I didn't take into consideration the picky people who don't come to me with an idea at first and then I you know, muster up something. And now they got all these different things. And there's nothing wrong with that. With a logo, it's very personal. Like, this is your brand that you want. And I don't want to be responsible for it. So that's just me being honest. I don't want to. I don't. (laughs) I just want to work with students. When I was, when I had my second chance at grad school, and I worked in the uh, the advisor center, I was an advisor to 20 students. And I had to meet with them every week for 30 minutes. And that, was fulfilling to me Mm -hmm. I was actually impacting not saying you don't impact people with graphic design you do but that was my service I feel like that's a public service and I feel like that is what fulfilled me the most that was the most fulfilling job that I had Um, because I was actually helping people because I went through college as a well not really first generation my dad went to college but my mom didn't but he don't remember nothing and so like (laughs) like I had to get find those resources on my own and now that I have those I don't want other people to Mm -hmm. have to go through trial and fail I just want to tell them what I think what I know and then let them you know do what they need to do but at least they are a few steps ahead now they don't have to they now they have that advice and that's what Mm -hmm. I find fulfilling and that my essential goal I really don't want to work out I don't want to work out of college when I retire, like when I retire, I want to mm-hmm. or before I retire, I want to have a nonprofit. I don't know what it is yet, but I want to have a nonprofit like I want to take girls mm-hmm. on college trips. I want to do service. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do. I don't want to work for anyone. I want to do a service. And if I do work for someone, I just want it to be meaningful, not just. I don't want to deal with politics, as you mentioned. So, yep. that's my story about grad yes. school and whatnot. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So, a few little comments on that. One, I am the same way. I definitely um, will be having my own organization in the future, near future. And I was actually just talking to my partner about me, like, damn near, I don't think that well, I'm not even going to say I don't think. I know that I will not be working for anybody anytime soon. Me being able to have this freedom with elephants in the room um, and me working on some more things, I will not be working for anybody else until it's something that I want to do once again, like I said, beneficial to my career. If it's just a job to make some money, just to be doing it and it doesn't serve me no purpose and I'm not being filled up while doing it, then they can have it. You know, that's just not, that's not where I am anymore. And I haven't been there for a long time. So this pandemic was a blessing in disguise for me. Um, I would like to say that I know a lot of people have been going through it during this pandemic and have lost family members due to COVID. So I definitely hate the tragic aspect of it. But the the pause, so to speak, on the world and me being able to focus on what I really, you know, wanted to do was a blessing in disguise for me. So as far as me working for, like, just some NEO corporation just to be doing, nah, I'm cool on that. I definitely am over that, that phase of my life, like, because I know my work. And I know where, what I want to do and where I'm going. And it's just like, I don't have time to be wasting my time into some pointless ass shit. So I definitely feel you. Um, I am with the whole nonprofit and just teaching others what we didn't know and what we mm-hmm. learned from. Um, that's, that's my major goal with Elephants. Um, what else did you say? When you were working and they were um, telling you that you had to talk to two people a day and all of that bullshit I definitely could relate and me and my girls have been having this conversation because it's just like it's like they they don't know what they want you know what I'm saying when it comes to us it's just like okay we come here we do our work we do our work well and then y'all find something to complain about and it's because I truly feel like they are intimidated and threatened by our presence and by um are intelligent because from the outside looking in most of the times you know white people don't know how intelligent we are and they don't know what we bring to the table because they never even gave us a fucking chance so that's the problem to begin with so i can relate to you in that situation where it's just like Bro, like, what else more do you want from me? Like, I ain't coming here to play, you know, friends and shit with these motherfuckers. These are co-workers. You know what I'm saying? They don't give a fuck about me for real, and I don't give a fuck about him, and I'm about them, and I'm not sending forces. So, I feel you on that tip as well. Um, But what I wanted to get into, while I was watching Becoming, God, take notes on everything. Like, I really am an old-ass lady. Um, I had <laughs> took notes on uh when she talked about after she graduated and she went to, um, well, she went to Princeton, but went from Princeton to Harvard, and she wound up working in the law firm, and that's where she had met Barack, and she was saying, like, you know, she was just thinking at one point that she had just became a box checker. You know, she was just doing what she had, she doing what she thought she had to do. And in your um, podcast, you spoke on, mm-hmm. yes, was ma'am. it imposter syndrome? Right. And I was just like, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, and that experience where I relate as well is because, you know, we tend to downplay our accomplishments um, because we are comparing ourselves to, you know, other people that are peers and what we see on social media and shit like that. So one thing that I did on my journey was um, in 2017, I had moved away to Atlanta. And when I moved back in 2018, I went on a cleanse. Um, And I went 30 days with no form of social media because I had got to a point where I was kind of pissed off at myself because I wasn't progressing um as fast as I wanted to. And I was still dealing with Some of the decisions that I made in the past had led me to where I was in in that moment, in that present, in in 2018. So I was like a little pissed off at myself because I left school. I left ISU. I left Heartland and I left Robert Morris because I was was experiencing these different things. And it's because I wasn't happy because I was going to school for something that I was told to go to school for versus going to school for what I want to do. And, you know, it's definitely a big difference, but I used to downplay my accomplishments because I didn't graduate from my issue because, you know, I didn't finish. And it wasn't until, like, my goddad, who I lived with in Atlanta, had told me, he, like, just because you didn't graduate didn't mean nothing. He, like, you did so much work on that campus. And I had to take a step back and be like, damn, I did. Like, I was in My Sister's Keeper, you know, program chair on that with Tara. I mean, not Tara. With Tara, your ship. Um, and I was on um, profound and started off as a general member and worked my way to the E board to becoming the vice president of profound and just still mentoring some of the women that went there and all of that. And he had to like remind me of, you still put your set your imprint on that campus. So don't sell your short, just sell yourself short just because you didn't get a degree. And because I have an older brother who went to SIUC, graduated in four and a half years, got a degree in IT engineering, I felt Mm. the pressure Mm -hmm. of, I gotta finish. Even though I wasn't happy, you know, and I stayed at ISU a year longer than I should have because I was scared of what people Mm would say, but I was depressed. Girl, going through shit with my mom and family dynamics to the point where, How you said that you was 99 99 pounds, I, my adult life, I've always stayed in between like mm, 130, 140, 120, somewhere in there. Girl, one day I went to my doctor and she treated the hell out of me because I was 105 Mm -hmm. pounds, 110, something like that. And she was like, mm-hmm. are you stressed? I'm like, am I? Where, where, <laughs> you my actual doctor, but where, give me a motherfucking shrink. Because how long you got, baby? And I was stressed the fuck out. I had just experienced my first heartbreak. Um, Like I said, I was uh, going through it with friends. Um, me and my mom, we don't have a functional relationship. So we were going through our things. And that was getting to me. So I was stressed out. And I was so stressed out. And I was depressed. I didn't even know I was depressed. And I had the same experience where Mm -hmm. I would just start crying out of nowhere. And crying for hours nonstop. I had never experienced that shit. So it was just a lot of things that went on. But I definitely can relate to you with the the imposter syndrome. And what I wanted to ask you Mm -hmm. is, with that being said, um where did it go what was one of the moments where you discredit yourself um and in that moment what was the motivation behind you giving yourself credit and like realizing like no I did that like can you speak on an experience with that? okay how i
1: how i ended up figuring out that I was the shit. Okay. So. Yes, um, ma'am.
0: Let me hear it.
1: So. Okay. It was one of those things like where people were saying to you like you're what he said to you like bro. It don't like why are you putting these. Why do we especially as black women put these markers on ourselves, like, oh, I didn't succeed at this. Like, when we mm-hmm. fail, we take it so hard. We take it hard, because it's just so like, hard, we girl. already are, as you mentioned, we are the most disrespected, unprotected, like, we're, we are the minority of minorities. Like, okay, man, if it's between a black woman man. and a black man getting a job, you know what I'm saying? Like, is, it can more than likely go to the black man because he's a man. So we we're the, we are to me mm-hmm. we're the most supreme, but we are treated in this country like the bottom of the barrel. Yes. And so like for me, yeah. okay, I graduated school. You feel me? Like I graduated school, um, and it was it in a it it was due to the peers that I had that you know like my friend Jalen, you know Jalen Joyner. Um, so yes, he motivated did. like he <laughs> he motivated me because I wasn't I never wasn't until I was pledging, but I didn't really have a hard time. My major wasn't really that hard, but like I had peers around me who mm-hmm. they go into to class, they doing the homework, so that's what I did. Um Cause in high school, I skip high school, like stupid stuff. I mean, I still graduated decent, but my high school wasn't nothing. Like, anybody could graduate my high school. And so like, with college though, I always <laughs> had my head on straight. I couldn't, I don't, I what was hard for me, I didn't know why I couldn't do grad school. Like I'm caprice, like I had, I did, you know, I'm thinking mm-hmm. like, I I did this, that, and the third, I was already, I did this, I did this, and I still graduated from college. Why can't I do grad school? I beat myself up. First of all, when I first went through the depression, I beat myself up for a year and three months. I started working. After I failed grad school, I started working for State Farm. And I wasn't doing anything outside of that. I wasn't even really Mm -hmm. doing mentally cleaning besides sending the text messages. And so for me, what clicked, one day I texted Jalen. I'm like, this is, why what happened like he, why couldn't i graduate grad school so he went through my instagram right next thing i know my phone just started going off going off going mm-hmm. off while i'm at work he sending me all the pictures of my accomplishments he was like degrees are cool Aww. yes but who all can say that they did this and to me that's when it kind of clicked like if I did that, I can do that again. Why okay. do I need a, a master's degree right now? I was tired. Like, I validate right, my
0: accomplishments. That. Yeah.
1: Truth be told, I can't blame. Other people from my graduate school experience, because either despite all of that, it was other black students in the class that felt the same way, and they passed. So I'm not saying it's anybody else's fault. It's not anybody's fault. I was tired. I was I was too doing too much. Like I did a lot as an undergrad, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: exactly. And I needed to break. And so God told God, it clicked that God Mm -hmm. said I needed to break, like Caprice you have anxiety now and then it unfolded Mm -hmm. over into depression because you can't keep up with everything. And so to me, it was like, it just kind of something just clicked. It wasn't immediately when he said that, but slowly, but surely, I don't know what happened in the summer. I weighed the most I had ever weighed in my life coming from 99 pounds. And I could send you a picture of my veins showing in my arms. Coming from 99 pounds to 145, Mm -hmm. now I weigh 150. I I weigh myself every day because mentally I'm scarred from that experience, looking back at pictures, coming up in my Snapchat memories. I didn't even all look like that until people would ask me randomly Mm -hmm. are you okay? And then I started then now I'm looking back at the pictures like I knew I weighed, didn't weigh that much, but I'm looking back at the pictures and looking at myself in the mirror now like wow, because I was really going through it all because I didn't believe in myself, regardless of my downfalls. I mm-hmm. I let them be downfalls when really it's yeah. just okay. We all fell in life. I just had so many wins oh, as a yeah. as an undergrad. I had so many wins and I was so involved and I was doing so well. I didn't think it was possible. I didn't understand why I couldn't go through grad school. It was because I had too much going on. I needed a break. Like it was no reason for me to go right into grad school. I didn't know it at the time, but God had to show me. And that it, it, it just it is what it is. And so with you not finishing, okay, right. one thing about it, one thing's for sure, college is always going to be there. And at the and then when you think about it, yeah, I'm not even going to grad school for what I got my undergrad in. So even if I would have waited, you know what I'm saying. And it's just like. Mm-hmm. college was fun and all and i'm glad i graduated yes but guess what i work with a bunch of ladies right now who is in a higher position than me that don't have no degree in nothing and it don't got nothing to do with right and i'm not saying my degree don't mean anything but it's like i couldn't even i could i can't right i can't even find a job doing like doing what I got my degree in I've looked and I've applied but I'm it just hasn't happened so now I'm working in customer service and with this whole degree and it's just like Mm -hmm. you know what does all of that even mean it's the experience and this is what I used to tell students which makes it so ironic it's the experience outside of the classroom that makes your college experience (laughs) it don't got nothing to do with your GPA who cares C's get degrees like do your best but like at the end of the day and don't push yourself it's, to where you okay. can, you know, <laughs> graduate. But if you don't, school will always be there. Like, we change our mind about a lot. Some people mm-hmm. know for a jump, you know, I want to be a nurse. I'm going to be a nurse. I'm yeah. going to go to nursing school. Whatever, It's fine. But some people, right. like, we think of success as this straight line. And that's where my mind was messed up at. Because I thought yeah. that if I did all of this stuff, mm-hmm. like, I just had win after win after win. And then this time I lose, it it crumbled me. And it shouldn't have, but it did. And since it did, mm-hmm. I'm glad that yeah. it did because I can yeah. share my story with other people who's going through it, who's contemplating suicide at the moment. You know what I'm saying? Saying like, I everything happens for a reason, Eerie. Right. And so like, that's when I figured out, it's, it's slowly but surely, That's when I figured out, okay, I'm moving to Texas. It's a lot of opportunity down there. And when I tell you I moved down here, I couldn't find no job. I was working at Applebee's up the street, but it was okay because it was a two-minute drive, and I was making a lot of money as a wages. I made enough to pay my bills. But at the end of the day, like, life is only thing that's constant is change. And, like, our choices, sometimes we don't have a say. And how things go. Sometimes it's just at God's will. Sometimes it's just by chance. But either way it goes, like you can't be down on yourself because you thought that you was supposed, your life was supposed to go this way. When only God has the last say of how your life is mm-hmm. supposed to go, and you just need to go yeah. with the flow. And when I learned to do that, Misty Queen has started bon- like booming, like all these ideas, just everything just started booming. And so, like yeah. you just have to follow mm-hmm. your heart because. We might have our minds set on one thing, but, like, our life is intended for something else. And you would have never thought that you would be doing what you're doing right now. So, yeah, that's my answer to that, my long answer. But that's just how I feel.
0: (laughs) Well, um, that was honestly everything that I needed to hear as well as I feel like my listeners needed to hear. And more, like everything that you said is what I've been saying as well, um, just in conversations around me. And I'm so happy that God has aligned everything and things are coming full circle because, yes, everything does happen for a reason. Everything that you did led you to where you are today in your childhood, all of those experiences, they definitely align and have been aligning for me that even though I hated ISU as far as because I was going there because Mm -hmm. I was told to go away to college you know what I'm saying I met and everybody we've been talking about this on Twitter and shit I've met some of the most amazing people at Illinois State University you included who are doing great things and that shit is just man it like just motivates me it's inspiring like I admire so many and not only just black women but the black dudes that's doing they shit and like I can say that one thing about us, like our class, is we was some teens we was lit, okay? We was fucking lit. But everybody was on their shit whether they graduated and or not and is doing something positive and making a difference. And that's the one thing that matters the most. So even though I did I don't really fuck with Bono likes that. Um, A lot came from it. That's where I discovered what I really wanted to do by joining Profound and becoming the VP and being involved in entertainment. That's why I realized this is what you were meant to do, which was crazy because growing up, I did chorus. Uh, I was in band. I acted. I modeled. I danced. I did all of that shit. And once I got to college, um, well, like starting like a little bit after high school and college, I stopped doing that because I was so involved in these organizations and I was going with going in as an accounting major because when I I need to get out and have a career that's going to make money, for me being wired a completely different way, I can't enjoy and I can't do a job if it doesn't fulfill me. And that's what I learned. That's why I worked so many jobs and then quit and left so many jobs because, man, that shit ain't shit for me, for real. I get bored, you know what I'm saying, by doing repetition and not being creative, so... Yeah, there is that. And um, I want to thank you once again for coming on Elephants in the Room. I I will definitely be having you back for the second season. You know, I told you when, (laughs) right now. (laughs) Um, But I wish you nothing but success in your endeavors. And um, before you go, can you please tell uh, the
1: listeners where they can
0: find mentally
1: Queening. yes and so you. um mentally cleaning um it's spelled just how it sounds no g at the end because we black and we don't do that but um you can search <laughs> mentally cleaning on anchor and you can search it on apple Podcasts. it should come right up it's two words and instagram is mentally queening. if you want to follow me it's the official caprice um twitter is caprice risby so thank you erie and that's all
0: all right y'all so my next guest embodies what i consider to be a strong black woman she wears many hats and is a queen of all trades Sis is an educator for chicago public schools isu alum and soon to be professor edwards with the initials M.E.D. after her name, allow me to introduce to y'all a beautiful soul, Miss Christina Edwards, A.K.A. Mia. Welcome, oh, love.
2: That was great. <laughs> you know, I'm not used to getting all that praise. Like, I'm, I'm used to it, but it just sounds so beautiful. Thank you so much for having You're me. <laughs> no, thank you, thank you for yes. coming. I need. Like, I appreciate that.
0: It, man, we need your pers period yes like, yes okay so let's, let's go how was COVID-19 um, well how has COVID-19 impacted you as an educator for CPS as well as a grad
2: student at DePaul mm, that's, that's a good question so um, COVID-19 has impacted uh, me as an educator I want to say like I'm like, okay, of course I'm a Sagittarius. I like to just say that I'm a Sagittarius. So I, we always look <laughs> at, uh, like, the greater good of things. We always try to look, like, from an optimistic mm-hmm. lens. So mm-hmm. I definitely see some pros of the COVID-19, and I also see the cons. Um, I guess I'm going to start with the pros. So um, as far as COVID-19 goes, like, having this time to be home and, like uh, like, self-care is important. Like, you know, I feel like okay. as a teacher – it's so many demands when you're at work. It's like, you're. I, I feel like sometimes I'm just running around, like literally running around everywhere. Like I'm a teacher, I'm a nurse, a mentor, a counselor, mediator. Mm-hmm. I'm all of these things. And I mean, it kind of stinks that I don't have to, those same many hats. It's like, I'm literally in front of a computer teaching. And it's like, I see the good in it. Like, but it's also like good for me because I think as, um as an t- educator, sometimes we just have all these many hats and we have a lot, Um, My work can be so demanding. So being able to be home and be like more comfortable in my space, I really do enjoy that. I do. Right. Yes. And um um I also do I I guess a cons I can say something that I don't really like about this whole COVID 19. It's like, you know, I miss just the physical, just being in the presence of my Mm -hmm. students and them greeting me and them, you know, it's like it it's not the same anymore. It's like this is our new normal. And it's mm-hmm. like I miss this, like in a hallway telling them, okay, okay, time is up, go to your classroom. And I just miss that interaction. Like I'm very big on social interaction, so I really do miss that. Um, mm-hmm. And I just miss my students. You got to think about students who come from households where they're, um, you know, abusive, uh, yes. The parents are abusive and they're not, they need hot meals. So, you know, I know CPS is doing a good thing with like making sure the students are getting their like hot meals. So I just think about that. Like I think mm-hmm. that COVID-19 a lot of people don't think about, like, uh, how, what does it mean? Uh, what does COVID-19 mean for, like, an African-American student who is, like, at the poverty level? Like, they can't social right. distance. They live in a household mm-hmm. five or more people. You right. know, their parents probably are essential workers. They, you know, janitorial mm-hmm. or anything. So, it's, like, it, it, I always try to think about, like, I guess that's, like, another thing about me. I'm always thinking about how it may, have, it may not affect me. I'm definitely blessed, and I... Thank God, but you know, some people who are less fortunate than me, who can't social distance, who can't, you know, they have to work, and it 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 can be um it can be draining and exhausting. So my heart goes out to my students and people who are going through that right now. It really does.
0: Okay, so talk <laughs> about um how it's affected you um in grad school being a student.
2: Oh man, you know, uh, I still remember when they, if we first had the news. We had like a Impromptu meeting like hey it's a meeting we need you guys to come and it's like okay it was soon because I'm also interning at DePaul too okay. so yeah I'm interning too so I'm too many hats too many hats black, girl <laughs> yes you you
0: you doing it all yes, which is why yes. I needed to have you on so I'm that so happy. people can understand that first of all a black woman can do it all we can we can can do it
2: we literally can,
0: yes. Um, and we do that shit, and we make that shit look so easy. It, we
2: do effortlessly, yes, effortlessly, Man. yes. We but people don't
0: do understand they what don't. it takes I because we that. make it look so easy, and so that's why I'm doing what I'm doing to have a voice for all of us because people really don't know. Like when I worked, I worked at the UPS store on 35th, mm-hmm. and um, I, it was black owned, and my manager was a black guy and he was really cool you know I didn't necessarily agree with the way that he managed sometimes so we we bumped heads but one thing that used to pick me off about him is mm. um I I told him that I was getting a second job mm-hmm. and so he used to question like if I was gonna be okay with working two jobs mind you my coworker mm-hmm. was a father um and worked two jobs as well around the same age as me. And I used to always ask him, like, what the fuck you mean? Why you questioning if I can handle two right. jobs? And this man over here working two jobs as exactly. well. Like, this ain't it's, shit. Right. I'm like, when I went to ISU... I worked three jobs. Me too. Worked me, too. Me, too. I ran two organizations. Yes. Let me show you something real quick. Let me show
2: you. Yes. Me show you. I, I got it. <laughs> let, let
0: me show and I'm, you. I'm going
2: to show you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think they don't think about that. Like, right. So yeah. this is our time to let them know, sis. This is our yeah. time to this let them know. This is our time. I'm ready. Right. Yes. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, to answer your question, um, how does it, COVID-19 affect grad school, like, yeah, we had this impromptu meeting. They were talking about, like, oh, we might have to work from home. And I remember, as far as interning, I was like, how is that going to work? Like, I'm finishing up. You know, I'm graduating. I'm graduating June 13th. Thank God. Oh, God. To hey, God be the glory. So I was just like, what does this mean for like interns and like as far as graduation? And it's like, when I found out the news, like, we we're going to have a virtual ceremony, it kind of put a damper on things. It's like, I mm-hmm. want to, I wanted to like really celebrate that moment, like, with intimate. And close friends and family and it's like I don't get that. It's like virtual, it's not the same. Yeah, it's really it's not, not it. the same. And um, you know, remote learning is okay. I'm in my last class right now, but sometimes mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, like it's we meet on Tuesdays and like three hours, and that can be a long time to just sit at a computer screen and just listen to someone lecture and then you, you do your small breakout sessions. Sometimes that can be draining, and sometimes yeah. I don't even wanna it's like I've noticed like I don't know if it's just senioritis or if it's just the whole remote learning, new normal stuff. Like, I just can't get with it. I just cannot. And I'm, I'm just trying. I just keep telling people I'm crawling to the finish line. I'm literally crawling to this finish line. But
0: yeah, I'm there. So yeah. I definitely relate. Um I'm actually oh. done with program like course wise. And like it's virtual shit. Like um, we my teachers are not working, so virtually, um I'm my teachers are Emmy. Mm-hmm. one I definitely felt some type of way that I was pissed I did why they have to do that but I'm like first of all I didn't even start with these teachers you know what I'm yeah. saying like I wanted to finish with my teachers that I started with Um, I missed my teachers so yes. so so much. Like mm-hmm. I miss that interaction. I miss the jokes. I miss the shit talking. I, miss I know. Yeah. I miss
2: all that. social interaction. Yes. I miss that too. I feel you
0: because, girl, it's like one week I ain't go to school all- <sighs>
2: online at all because I was That's over funny. it. I'm me like, too. Yeah, I, I missed this. the week <laughs> too. I missed the week too. I was just <laughs> I ain't even going. Yes. Lie. I and okay. I communicated I with I my professor. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I'm just not feeling it. I don't like this. Yeah. And it's really it's really taking a toll on me. So you just gotta bear with me yeah it's real yes I told my teacher that and she understood
0: which I was just Mm -hmm. so grateful for yes because I'm like this shit ain't it like this ain't it. it's not it's really not I, (laughs) I feel you um so, with you um getting ready to graduate, mm-hmm. um, tell me your goal in becoming a
2: professor, and like, why did you choose the career that you chose? Mm, that's so deep. I love these questions. So deep. <laughs> um. So the reason why I chose. So I'm going to get, I'm getting my master's June 13th in educational leadership with a concentration in higher education, and the reason. Yeah. yeah so the reason why I <laughs> pursued this degree was because um. You know, I love teaching. Like, I love being in the classroom and I love my students. Uh And, like, you know, I always tell people, but I always wanted to teach in a different capacity. Like, I just felt like, Uh okay, like, I've taught for um, five, six years. I feel like I have the experience. I want to see, like, I'm always trying to, like, do more and sometimes that's a lot It's right. draining too but I always try to do more mm-hmm. so I was just like okay I want to teach in different capacity I feel like sometimes when you're in that classroom you could be stuck in a box it's like all I can do is teach mm-hmm. and I want to reach like I've always had like a fascination with like adult learners because I, I always have this like quest to just keep learning like girl I'm always reading a new book I'm always trying to get information and it's like I would just love to like work with like students because I remember back when I was in undergrad like I had women especially but like I had mentors and I had people who like shaped me into the woman that I am Mm -hmm. and I was like I can't wait to be that light and be that person for someone else who's adult you know because when my students I teach middle school they're young they don't really know where they want to go they don't really know what they want to do but I feel like as an adult they have a more um, clear path on what they want to do in life and I just want to be a part Mm -hmm. of them in that decision making so yeah okay
0: I definitely Mm -hmm appreciate that about you um I think that that's dope as a woman to be to want to be a part of that process with helping others evolve that's really my goal too with Alice in the Room Mm -hmm. as well as the other projects that I'm
2: working on so salute to you for that salute to you Um, thank you thank you you out here (laughs) doing big things I'm just so proud like yes I'm so proud so proud of you Yeah, you're doing Thank great you things. In this I podcast, really I'm like, lot. girl, like, I know I'm getting off topic, but, like, I was listening to it that's last it. night, and I was just like, dang, like, you're just so dope, and you just have a beautiful soul, and I just feel like that's just oh, so God. rare to have. Somebody can be, like, intrinsically just genuine and pure. It's just like, wow, like, that's good that you have that and like I don't know I just feel like I was in your podcast too like I listened to what the band had to say and like it just was good I felt like I was in an interact I was actually there with you guys Like I didn't just feel like I was just listening I feel like I was part of the conversation I like it so big ups to you big
0: ups to you thank you thank you thank you oh yeah Mm -hmm. man this is only the beginning when I promise y'all I got some shit in store for us I have some shit in store for us so just Mm -hmm. stay with me um all right, so my next question is: As a black edu- educator, what challenges do you face, um, being, and I would, I would, would you consider CP at like Chicago Public Schools? Is that corporate? Well, yeah, corporate America. So, what challenges do you face as a black educator in? Uh,
3: mm,
2: that's deep. You know what's crazy? I went on an interview like two weeks ago, and they were asking me mm-hmm. that. You know, they asked you like, okay, like, okay, obviously. You're doing a transition from like teaching to this field. Like, why? Like, what what challenges did you see as far as teaching and everything? And I, I definitely say that like, don't get me wrong. I love teaching. I love working with students. However, like mm-hmm. the academic freedom that I thought was ex- that existed in Chicago public schools, and not even just Chicago public schools, just the school system in general, is like it wasn't as expansive as, as I had anticipated. It's like um, mm-hmm. you really don't have any control over what you teach and how you teach it's like mm-hmm. everything is being like monitored and everything is being like mm. controlled so it's like you really have no uh you it's really not as mm, I don't know the word um you're not probably impactful the way yeah, that you want. It's it like to be. it's not. It, you're not as impactful. It's like you're you're being told what to teach, you're being told how to teach, mm. and it's like all these things and these challenges. And then, mind you, you're always thinking about numbers, and we're trying to move these students, we're trying to grow them, and we're trying to pass these standardized tests. And like sometimes that, just that in itself can be overwhelming. Like, oh my god, this is a lot. This is a lot. And so the reason for like that too is like I feel like you know I hate to say and I'm an educator, but like you know the bureaucracy of teaching and everything is like not what i um i- particularly don't like, and I feel like the freedom that I thought I would have is not there, and I want to change that, and I just feel like mm-hmm. i i want i want to do something different, take a slight turn, and possibly you know it's a two part quote I like it's he says um I'm not saying that I'm going to change the world, but I will spark the brain that will change the world. And it's like, that's what I want. I want to be that person that sparks the brain that will eventually change the world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's definitely a challenge with education. Like you've been told all okay. these things on what to teach, how to teach. And it's like, you don't have any academic freedom and yeah, it's like, it, it can be very demanding and very exhausting.
0: Okay. Um. So my next question is with everything that you have accomplished, does Far. Have you ever downplayed any of your accomplishments or discredited yourself? And if so, why?
2: Mm gee. Um, discredited or downplayed? I I definitely think like as far as downplaying myself, I do that all the time. Like, I don't give myself enough uh-huh. credit. And even like my godmother yeah. and my friends, like literally, I've talked to a friend today and she was like, You always downplay yourself. Like when people brag on me and they gas, I guess, quote unquote, gas me up, I just be like, Nah, y'all yeah, mm-hmm. stop it, stop it, stop it. But it's like, right, You same. be needing to hear that. <laughs> you be needing to hear that sometimes because uh-huh. it's like, I just be so, I, I'm just, I'm so. I hate that perfectionist in me. It's like, I want to be better. And I'm always trying to get yeah. better. And it's like, sometimes I need to just sit back and celebrate my small wins and what I've accomplished so far. Mm-hmm. So I definitely feel like I do downplay my accomplishments. Like I don't never, I always think I'm not doing enough and that can be very detrimental mm-hmm. to, to your whole self-worth. Your success, yeah, yeah, it can. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely yeah, downplay
0: yeah, that. Definitely. so. Okay. So then what was one of your lowest moments on your journey that made you stronger?
2: Mm, can you say that again
0: what was one of your lowest moments that you had while on your journey to getting your um degree in undergrad your degree in grad or just as an educator just in general like can you think of a time where you were kind of like at your lowest and you were just not not who you truly are and then what? How did that make you stronger in mm-hmm. your success and
2: endeavors? Wow! Today? So I got a couple of moments. I have a couple. Okay, come on, come Ooh, on. Let, let me like, hear. See oh, that the table? I'm at my therapist chair. <laughs> okay, so one of my, I remember in undergrad, I can recall, um, where I was student teaching um, my senior year, and um, you know they had back then. I know Pritzer he canceled the test now, but they had a test called like the TAP or the APT test. And you have to finish mm-hmm. that test by a certain date in order to graduate on time and finish student teaching and everything. And I just, I remember y'all, mm-hmm. I had this test and I took it and I failed and I I was at the mark. So they were like, it's like, you needed a 240. I had a 239 y'all, 239. Wow. Girl, it was like, wow. And so I remember feeling so down. I was so like depressed. I was like, man, like I was so close and I was myself like maybe this is not meant for me, maybe is not meant for me, and again, it took a woman. it took a teacher a, a mentor, a sister to come to me oh uh, she mm-hmm. prayed with me she, she prayed with me, she told me, you're gonna take it again, you're gonna fight through this, you're gonna be okay and, and mind y'all i mind you it's a uh illinois state has like a a date like you have to take the test by, so I passed the date. So I had to go through a whole appeal process like people don't even know that I had to go through a whole appeal mm-hmm. because I was like no I'm graduating in May I- I'm, I'm going to finish teaching <laughs> y'all going to take this but it took that woman to like kind of like muster up in me the faith I need and the courage to do that I mm-hmm. had to go through a whole appeal process and in my- so I had to submit a whole appeal telling them that my plan like how I was going to navigate and pass this test so I told them right, I bought all these books I paid for my test again and they and- mm-hmm. and- but, um, I, I guess I skipped over that but yeah I had to buy all these test prep books I was in the library in Milner like day in day night six in the morning like vamping re- taking these tests I mean like taking these test prep books just so I could prepare and then I ended up getting my appeal accepted like they say okay we're gonna grant your appeal but you have to pass the mm-hmm. test by this day by January 1st no later if you don't do that you're not graduating. everything so they gave me a chance but mind you y'all before mm-hmm. that they were telling me when I talked to late on the phone, she was like, no, it's no other chance. We're sorry you have to graduate in mm-hmm. December. Like, she told me that. And I yeah, just kept saying, that's... no, it, it got to be another way. It had to be. And it just it's always mm-hmm. exception to the rules. So that taught me to, the, the, my mentor really taught me, like, the power of, like, advocating for yourself. Because I told her, I said, no, I'm yep. going to graduate. I told my family, you have to let me. And she was like, it's no other way. We're sorry. So I went above her. And I went to the dean. And then I started Seriously. talking to them. And then they told me, okay, well, I ain't gonna say you're gonna get the appeal, but you got to do X, Y, and Z. Y'all had to submit so much documentation, so many papers to tell them that I was prepared to take this test and that, you know, like basically like begging them, pleading, like please let me take this test again. For yeah. chance. They yeah. gave it to me, y'all, and you know I'm I'm scared now because it's like okay, it's on me now. I'm, only only person that can mm-hmm. hinder me or stop me is myself, and I have to pass it because mm-hmm. I've been fighting for it, like. You know, so I'm in, mind you, I'm nervous. I remember, like, being in the test place, I'm nervous because after you take the test, you get your results right after. It says pass or fail. So I'm nervous, my palms sweating, y'all. Luckily, by the grace of God, I passed that test. When I say I went to, y'all, I went to the (laughs) bathroom, I cried cried because it took so much of me. I had to, it was nice, I couldn't go out. I had. I was working three jobs, full and full-time student, too. Working three jobs that I Uh. issue, full-time student, still made time to study. It's like, I, I had to really sit down and discipline myself and I push through so that's just one time like y'all I swear my life is like it's so many crazy stuff and I'm like but it made me a better woman too it made me it taught me the power of advocating for yourself and not giving up even when the odds are against you like that lady was telling me like no there's no other way you just have to graduate in December you'll be fine and I remember I was like no it gotta be another way it gotta be I, I just yeah I'm glad that I advocated for myself and I fought I'm really happy for that and I had and I had I a woman behind too. me. I had a mentor who just really told me like, no, don't give up. Don't be so quick that somebody tell you no. Don't mm-mm. keep fighting till you get a yes. And I'm so happy for her. Like to this day, I owe, I owe it all to her. It ain't even me. It was her. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: since you brought that up, I do want to take the time out to say that it is so important to have mentors along the way. I have so many. I had so many during mm-hmm. my, my college experience at um, ISU. I had Candace. I have Amanda mm-hmm. Martin. I had Treyana yes. Burns. I had Ashley Blaine. All I had great, all good. I women. had all these black yes. women that were doing their are, shit. Yes. And me- Let me not forget Mary. Mary, yes. let me not forget uh-uh. Hicks. Let me not forget all black these black women. There you go. At, Man, black mm-hmm. excellence who was there for me, who taught me how to be a leader, who taught me how to run these organizations, who taught me how to be a man, better Shout out to those women, too. So, they are very
2: powerful black women. I definitely support them. Definitely. What? Yes. What?
0: What? Man, like, I'm telling you, if it was not for a lot of these black women that I met at ISU, I would not even be the woman that i am today so get you a mentor please for please, real. Do, um, please get you a mentor um, just to be a, a part of your support system and then get mentors in the careers in the field that you want to go into mm-hmm. um, i have mm-hmm. two mentors um that are in the entertainment creative industry who have hella experience that i go to all the time for yes, advice that's so and good. that pick me up and that's exactly what we need. Again, my biggest goal with Elephants in the Room and just in life is to show you guys that it is power and collaboration mm-hmm. and, sh- and numbers and yeah. coming together. We are the only race who knocks down each other more than we lift each other mm-hmm. up. But... It's time to change all of that shit because, like, I keep saying, this world belongs mm-hmm. to us, and they took that shit from us. Well, now it's time to take this motherfucker back. Yes, and I tell y'all, I'm coming with a vengeance. I'm I, coming love with a I love it. I love it. And it's just that that is is just that simple. So sorry, I had to go off. Oh, on my I love it. Brain. No, you're uh, right. <laughs> I definitely
2: agree. 100. I definitely agree. Um,
0: my last question mm-hmm. for you is, if you had A piece of advice that you can give to young women, your students, grown women, adults, as to what helped you on your journey um, as becoming a successful black woman. What would it be, and and it could be a list of things. Go ahead and drop some gems. Just Just drop some little gems.
2: Yes, go ahead. Drop some gems. Okay. (laughs) So, what would I tell like a younger me or like my students? Um. Yeah. 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 One thing I um tell my students. I know, like as women, we were taught to be from birth. We were taught to be nurturers and supporters you know, peacekeepers, just a lady, and I get that, and, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. we get wrapped up in, like, how we're supposed to be, like, and sometimes that superwoman mm-hmm. in us, we want to just wear all these many hats and do it so well, yeah. and, like, that can take a toll on you, it's like, because from birth, you yeah. were taught, like, this is what it makes a lady, and, you know, you grow up with mm-hmm. this expectation, like, I got to do everything 100%, I got to be perfect at everything, and that can really, man, it can, man, it can destroy you, too, as well as it can, Make you, challenge you to be better and be a great woman. It can also destroy you. And I just, I think my advice is like, you know, also like take time for yourself, love on yourself too, because Uh a lot of times we do Uh so much for others and we forget about our, we neglect ourselves and that's not right. You cannot pour from an empty cup. You cannot, ain't no way. No,
0: Say that one you cannot time. pour from an empty it.
2: cup I'm telling you cannot and take it from me I've tried to and I'm like no I don't have no, nothing else to give so you gotta yeah you gotta be real mindful yeah. and like, take something like love on yourself do things that make you happy and you sometimes you gotta take the uh-huh. head off and be like okay I gotta do things for myself I have to pour in and love on myself because without you I remember I'll never forget I had a doctor y'all like I was like I got stories for days but I had a doctor who told me that he said what good are you if you're no good and I was like dang because I was yeah I was sick like I was I had to take a whole week off of work and I'm like I gotta go to work I gotta teach my students I gotta do my kids my kids
3: and he yeah, was like so worried I was him, worried about, about everything
2: else. else but my own health and he was like what good are you if you're yeah. no good and I remember I just balled up crying in the car like dang he's so mm-hmm. right so I just want to really encourage people like yeah definitely love on yourself pour into yourself and you know like make sure you take that time out and carve it out for yourself because without like you know you got to be healthy you have to be mentally physically all that healthy and it's no use use of you if you don't pour into yourself so yeah that's one thing girl I feel like I gotta lie uh, also, like girl, yeah, yeah, you know, about like womanhood and everything. I also think like we all people are so quick to say like, oh, I don't know new friends, or they're so quick to say like, girl. Oh, I don't mess with too many women. They they fake. It's like that means that's if if you feel like the people that you meet are flaky and women are phony and all that, it's like it's something that it's something in your spirit and your energy that resonates with that because there's no way you can think all oh, mm-hmm. women are flaky and phony. It's like no, and yeah. it's so much power in like community and like as sisters, I feel like we got to support each other. Like we got to lift each other up, uplift each other. Like don't laugh at another sister because she's going through a breakup or she didn't did yeah. this or did you know made mistakes it's like we all been there we all went through pain we all went through all types of yeah types of things and like instead we should be there encouraging the woman empowering her let her know like you're not alone i'm here with you so i definitely think like yeah we definitely need to like get rid of that like competitive like try to compete with each other and try to support yes. each other empower yes. each other because we all yes. we really got men don't do that they, they team up together and they make millions and billions like we need to team up together and do the same and empower Period. each other like we have to we sisters i I never laugh at another woman's pain anything because you know what the same way that um god did it for me he could do it for them and the same you know i notice when you say things like oh that'll never be me i could never be her guess what god yeah. god will put you in that position it, and it yeah humble you real fucking quick and it'll be you real from experience like okay i've been through the same predicament so <laughs> i know not to play with that word yes. i know not to to speak that yeah. over my life i know not to laugh at nobody else's pain. so
3: Yeah, we need each other. We need each other. We need it's
2: not wrong with needing people. I would not be where I am. I will not be where I'm at where I am today without the help of a woman, a mentor, mother. Mm -hmm. I'm just so thankful for the support I got. I would never have been where I'm at now. I definitely have to reach out for support. Always like not just God, but like God placed angels. Yes, he placed people in my life to help uplift me and empower me and i'm so thankful because i it was times i thought about giving up and people were like people don't even know that like you know i thought about giving up like a lot of times but i had people just rooting mm-hmm. for me like no we got this we got this don't suffer inside yeah. don't suffer inside us. and i was like okay mia don't I was like come on Mia you gotta get it together get it together so they 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 picked me up when I was down and i never forget that and I'm always I'm forever indebted to them and that's why I do what I do and I want to reach out to other young girls and and I want to you know like let's pay it forward let's do this for our young women because they don't have any role models they need mentors and we got to be there for them yeah for real (laughs) for real so I thank you Again for coming Thank on, you. Um, invite me over for yes, wine we have to have wine. so we can we talk. do we definitely need to. once um, it's all over. We're gonna do that. I promise you that. Yes. Thanks for having me. Because, I appreciate it. Um, it.
0: I will definitely have <laughs> you again. Um, and season two, oh, I got so much shit. Girl, I feel so honored. Um, season
1: two. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> I'm glad. Like I really, I swear, I appreciate. All the love that I've yes. been given with doing this, it is just so crazy, yeah. it's so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And like, I'd be so emotional, crying every day, Girl. all day, because I just like, damn, like, thank y'all. It really,
2: it really feels good to be yes. here. And you know because, what? I had um, to come try to cut you off. You also inspired me ahead, to bitch. like do a podcast. Like, I'm always doing other things. I'm like, man. I've been Mm -hmm. saying for the longest I'm going to start a podcast and I just haven't got on it because of school, work and mentoring. But it's like I definitely think by the summer I'm going to do that because it's like I like that you're the voice for the women. And I just love your topics and I just think you're just so beautiful inside and out and your voice needs to be heard. So I I appreciate everything you do. And you're just like just a beautiful person. And it's not many people you can say that about. So I really do love that about you. Man, it's because of
0: the women around me yeah, shit. Hey, Y'all snap, yes, okay? Y'all yes. next. So thank you. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Tell everybody where they can um find you on uh, Instagram. On...
2: Okay, yes. so my Instagram name is irreplaceably underscore Mia. I'm gonna spell it out. It's I-R-R-E-P-L-A-C E-A-B L-Y underscore M-I-A. So irreplaceably underscore Mia and if yeah I guess just Instagram right yeah I'm just kidding me Instagram yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yes uh, make sure y'all follow her she is a dope yes. woman sis be, be lit too yeah. she definitely knows how, <laughs> know yes, how to have a good time don't get twisted
2: I will be lit she definitely knows how to have a good time but
0: she's also um, a, a great woman so make sure y'all yes. follow her and that concludes Ellison okay, okay my last guest is literally one of my favorite people on the planet she has always been a great nurturer spreading and giving so much love unconditionally to everyone around her she's one of my biggest supporters and I can call her to talk cry vent or for whatever and she's always there she's my auntie but really my other mom uh, my mom had me, but between her and my Auntie Deborah, I'm really their daughter because I act a lot like the both of them. She is a beautiful <laughs> wife, great mother and aunt, and nonetheless and an outstanding woman. Auntie, please introduce yourself.
3: Well, hello, hello. Well, my name is Pasha Lockett Johnson, and it's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. Thank you so much, sweetheart, uh, for having me. On your wonderful show. Um, I am happily, do you want me to tell a little bit about myself or?
0: Yes, yes, please do so.
3: So I am 46 years young. I have a wonderful husband who actually is my junior. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And i step boys and we're originally from Chicago, but we're now here uh, located in California now. Moved across the map to to be closer to my step boys
0: so well Mm. thank you for that auntie um i'm gonna go ahead and get right into the first question um what do you think differentiates a girl from a woman
3: ooh experience life's experiences okay first and foremost um yeah definitely that
0: Okay, um expand a little bit on what you mean by expand. So,
3: like for me, I remember being a young girl. You know, there's just a lot that we just don't know. There's a lot that we have to go through in life in order to grow mm-hmm. and to become a a woman. You know, as a as a young girl, mm-hmm. it's, we still we're still learning ourselves. We're still learning how to love. Yep. You know, we're girls. You still haven't um as a young girl, you haven't even learned how to you know, even be a mom, all that stuff comes in light life, with life's experiences. So, yeah, ooh, it's a lot. We can go with that. But, again, I'm on lunch. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so what are some expectations that you placed on yourself throughout your journey that were
3: um, unrealistic? Ooh, expectations. So, I mean, honestly, some of mine were as as. I always expected to be rich. I always expected to always be around my family. You know, I've always envisioned those things. Mm-hmm. We're all going to grow up. One big happy family. Um, you know, nothing ever go mm-hmm. wrong. My mom's mm-hmm. going to live forever. I'm going to live forever. You know, we, we, we and it's great, you know, to think big, but mm-hmm. when it doesn't happen, it kind of can let you down. <laughs> but um, Yeah. Right. Yeah, those are. mm. And
0: so, then what are some realistic expectations that you set for yourself that when you accomplished those, you were like, yeah, I did that as a woman?
3: Well, one of the things is I remember growing up as a girl turning into a young woman, I always felt like I never wanted to get married because it was so fun, you know, dealing with who I wanted to deal with when I wanted to deal with that person. Mm -hmm. I always right. felt like I didn't want to get married. So when I got to that point, to where, okay, you know, marriage can be all right. I thought at that moment that I w- wasn't going to be able to be a good wife. I mm-hmm. I didn't see a lot of, of great wives around me. Did mm-hmm. come from a, a family mm-hmm. that was that's huge on marriage, you know. Um. So with that being said, that's one of the I, I turned into a great wife. You know, I did have a great husband help me along the way, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I look at myself and I pat myself on the back like oh my gosh when did I turn into this woman but you know it's such a blessing
0: no I was literally just talking to um my other guest last night about stuff and she was listening to an episode about the men and she was saying that she liked how I'm so transparent and I was like yeah I was going to mention in this episode like I'm glad that you said that about you didn't think that you were going to be a wife because me personally I didn't grow up with you know a good example of a strong healthy relationship and so I was the girl that was like okay if I get married if it happens it happens but it wasn't like a goal of mine and so like after I got my first heartbreak after that it was just like I would date guys who I know I wouldn't commit to because of certain situations and because i was afraid of commitment it just isn't until now where i had a guy come in my life who is a great man and i was about to tweak and miss my beat again because i was just being stupid and being scared honestly of committing because i really don't have a problem with committing i just have a problem believing that the other person is going to commit Um, and give as much energy as I give. So that was something that I wanted to share. It's just like, I learned from my mistakes and from tweaking on a good guy, not once, but twice. And so it taught me to appreciate the man that I now have, which, shout out to (laughs) that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, Next question is, what are your thoughts on crying as an adult versus a child? And I just want to put this in there, y'all, that my auntie is known for, like, the crybaby as yes, a family. Sir. And we all joke and, like, <laughs> talk about her. But now I have taken that hat and, like, my friends be like, bitch, you always cry. But it's just, like, now I have no problem crying and showing emotion because, honestly, crying is, I feel like, a sign of strength. But what do you feel about that, auntie?
3: Well, I definitely feel like crying is a sign. A- for me, it's okay. You know, it's always been okay. I cry when I'm happy. I cry when, I, I cry when right. I'm sad. Whenever Tasha needs to cry, she cries. And I could care less. Other people. Like, <laughs> um, that, that's just something in me. Um, so I think that people should cry. You you have to show your emotions. This is something, everything that, every emotion that we are blessed to have, that means we have to use it. And crying is one too, if you're okay mm-hmm. to cry being a woman or a man you know it's so okay Mm -hmm. it's for us to I may go a little different but it's okay for us to be us for you to do you you know what I mean like if that's you feel then you have to let it out and we have to do it and 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 not care what is being thought of if we have Mm to shed some tears you know it's for me it's Mm -hmm. so okay it's so needed it's it's an emotion that God blessed us with that, mm-hmm. Oh, period. I mean, period, I think it's okay. But, um, <laughs> uh,
0: next question is, if you had one piece of advice for men on how to be supportive to their woman, what would it be?
3: Um, for men being supportive to their woman, I would say one of the things to do is to listen and be a good communicator Mm -hmm. and that's something that's hard to do but i would definitely say listen to listen but vice versa vice versa women need to listen
0: no yes 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 (laughs) yes um so before um we get out of here i would like for you to um share your experience on dating uncle kelly and like the story behind you guys getting mary because i think that's like such a beautiful uh story that uh, listeners definitely need to hear so before you go get um get up out of here and get back to work just tell us a little bit about that um the black love that you and my uncle have and it's just man you know, if y'all know if you know you know yeah. <laughs> and that's all i'm gonna say is i love my auntie and my uncle but go ahead I'm
3: yeah gonna... so oh yeah kelly who is such an amazing man i'm truly blessed uh Truly a gift from God. But when I met him, just like you were saying, when I met uncle, your Uncle Kelly, I tried to not get into a relationship with him because, for one, I knew he was a great man, and mentally, I wasn't there yet. I wasn't mm-hmm. there yet. I was just like you. I did not want to commit. Tosh was having fun. You know, I was enjoying mm-hmm. myself, and mm-hmm. and I already I knew his mother and his family, but outside of that, I, I didn't want to hurt this man because I wasn't ready. But he out told him like I'm not going mm-hmm. anywhere you are who I want and I will I will wait so it happened kind of fast one thing led to another um to find out that he had kids that was kind of scary you know like oh my gosh I'm a man with, yeah. with kids already but they lived in California at the time again we were back home so um, mm-hmm. fast forward a little bit when things got serious and then the kids would come to visit, you know, we had our moment of me feeling like, Oh my God, they're taking my summers. I'm not having that fun. Like I used to. And I just had to re- wake up and realize that I was being selfish because I know I wanted this man, mm-hmm. he's a great man to me, but it was that part of me that I was used to that I was not ready to let go of yet. So, you know, fast mm-hmm. forward some more. He loved me so hard. He came into my life and made me better. Everything about him was so positive to where, you know, I knew like I would be a fool to mm-hmm. let this go. My heart was in it. Everything else was in it. But I would be a fool to let this great man go because he was teaching me so much. Mm-hmm. He would, you know, I got the type of man that he's going to come in the house with the Bible. Like, baby, let's sit down, together. And I was pushed. Now, I need to learn this on my time. You Know, but he never stopped fighting mm-hmm. for what was right, you know. And now, mm-hmm. being out, we're going to be it's 10 years of, um, we were just talking about this this morning, and we were oh, talking about oh, it this boy. morning, sitting out on the patio. You know, you're crazy, and he goes, Why, why you say that? I said, you been with me this long, and he goes, Well, you're crazy too. And I, you know, <laughs> we kind of looked at each other and said how we compliment one another, like, God was. He knew what he was doing with this one. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade mm-hmm. your uncle for nothing in the world. Like, he is an amazing man. But it took one of us having that that calmness about us and that strength when it, it hasn't always been easy, but there were times when it was him like, mm-hmm. listen, Tasha, I need you to hear me. I'm, I just need you to hear me. And there were times when I had to do the same to him. Maybe listen mm-hmm. to me. I'm not trying to argue. With you. Mm-hmm. I love you. I'm I'm here to be, but we're not perfect. This right. And that's the communication is everything. I mean, everything, y'all. You got to be willing.
0: Yeah,
3: like, definitely. Oh, I thought I cut you off. <laughs> you have to be willing, you yeah. know, to grow. You have to be willing to listen. That's the biggest thing. You have to listen. You know how sometimes when people are talking and it turns into an argument because somebody's not listening, because you can't, two people can't talk to each other at the same time. Mm-hmm. Listen, hmm and, and vice versa. No,
0: yeah. That's that That listen to comprehend instead of listening to respond. And actually, me and your nephew are working on that. We just had, like, a disagreement, and I had to, I talked to my girls, and I'm like, okay, y'all, am I tripping? And they, like, No, but, you know, you could deliver it in a different way and, you know, um, and break it down so that he understands. So uh, the next morning I woke up and I called my brother and I'm like, you know what, I just need to get this out first. I need to just say this and then I'll let you speak. And then we go from there. And I had to call my brother and I'm like, you know, what? first off, I apologize if I offended you because I didn't mean to. This is what I meant when I said this, and so and so and on, so and on, so. On. And then after that, I was accountable for what I took in the situation in the conversation. He was accountable, and we came to the agreement. And it was just that simple. And for me, that meant a lot because if you know, you know that me and they yeah, have to be back and head like all the time. But the fact that my brother is trying and making the effort and it's like committing to working on our relationship that just means so much to me so I definitely understand like you know we listen and you hear something that you don't like and you already want to respond and it's just like no let them get their thoughts out first and full before you respond so that you understand the entire piece of what they're trying to communicate so you said that perfectly I am so happy that y'all are going on 10 years in 2021 and it's what is it January yep, you 20
3: got it yes yeah, see i know i, I know my <laughs>
0: other parents anniversary now okay <laughs> i gotta know but um one one, man, one more see. thing
3: I, one more thing i just want to add to that saying? is is if go ahead you know i'm doing a lot of personal development in my own personal world um lots and lots of stuff i love philosophy kierkegaard um i just uh, because we have to be mm-hmm. willing to grow in ourselves. But one of the, the reasons why an argument happened is because there's a disagreement. This person doesn't agree with the next. And if we really mm-hmm. think a little bit deeper about that, mm-hmm. it's almost like, because you're not saying what I like or what I want to at you. And that's just how simple the human mind right. is. That's why arguments happen. This is why me and your uncle don't argue like that because we have to understand it's just, a, I'm mad at you because you're saying something I don't like. Who am I to get mad at you for saying what you feel as a as a person? Who am I to right, do that?
0: Exactly. So
3: the, I think mm-hmm. when you are really growing in your life, you can sit, people can say whatever they need to say to you. And it's not going to change your frame of mind or the way you mm-hmm. think or the way you feel. That's when you know you're growing. Yep,
0: man. Well, it sounds like I am um headed in the right direction. Thanks to you and um my entire support system for, you know, the wise words and the conversations and the constant encouragement. Um, it definitely has brought me a long way and on my journey for me to continue to evolve into the woman that Amen. I know I am destined to be. So once again, auntie, thank you, thank you, thank you times a million um, I love you so much, and call me when you get. it. Okay. I sure, I sure
3: will. <laughs> call me. I hope to be back again. I'm gonna be like a like a star, like a guest star on the show or something. <laughs> 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 thank you Of course. I, of
0: love, course.
3: I, I love, love you too. I love you too. Can't wait to hear it when it comes out. <laughs> I love you.
0: All right, y'all. That concludes becoming a woman unfiltered. And before I go. I have to share this knowledge with y'all. I highly recommend that during this quarantine, you find something to help pass the time by. Do things you used to do as a child that made you happy, like coloring, double dutch, dancing, writing, reading. And some life changing books that I read on my journey were by one of my favorite Black authors, Valerie Burton. My work mom at UPS put me on to her, and after one book, I was hooked. These are the order that I read them um, in, but honestly, it doesn't matter. They all are excellent reads. Number one, happy women live better. 13 ways to trigger your happiness every day. Two, successful women think differently. Nine habits for happier, healthier, and more resilient. Number three, successful women speak differently differently. Nine habits that build confidence, courage, and influence. Number four, it's about time. The art of choosing the meaningful over the urgent. Takeaways that I got from successful women think differently. As a successful woman, you definitely need to think differently. And these are seven key decisions that um, Ms. Burton covers in the book. Number one, I do not, I do not downsize my dreams. Number two, I focus on solutions, not problems. Number three is one of my favorite and probably the most important one in my eyes. I choose to be authentic. Number four, I choose courage over fear. Number five, I choose relationships wisely and nurture them intentionally. Let me read that one again for y'all. I choose relationships wisely and nurture them intentionally. Number six, I will actively seek feedback and use it to grow. Number seven, I know my purpose and take daily action in the direction of my vision. One more time for y'all. I know my purpose and take daily action in the direction of my vision. Takeaways from successful women speak differently. Quote, If you aren't living the life you were created to live, using your uniqueness to positively impact the world or bounce back from setbacks, and there is no joy in how you go about living, then you are not successful. Takeaways from the art of choosing the meaningful over the urgent. Quote, Life is not about how much you can pack into your days, but about the impact you can make with your days, especially when that impact touches people. Time is finite, but your legacy is not, end quote. I will post all of this info and the highlights on my Instagram pages, so make sure you follow me at underscore, it's Aerie Marie, as well as at underscore Elephants in the Room. Special shout out to my support system throughout my journey, Monet Rice. From the day I met you and told you that I wanted to enroll in Illinois Media School, you told me that you had my back. And indeed, you have been vital to my success at this school. I appreciate you more than you know, and I love you. My cohort October Nights. We instantly clicked and became a family. And y'all have kept me together and picked me up when I was down more times than one. And for that, <laughs> y'all know I will always love y'all. Ate enough life and that's period <laughs> and I just want to point out that my experience this time around in college has been amazing because the staff and teachers care about students success and the support makes all the difference in my experience shout out to Oz, Chuck, Jimmy, Adam, Miles, Emery, Stone Pony, and Armand Y'all have made my college experience unforgettable, and I sincerely thank every single one of y'all. And because this episode was about women, shout out to my girls who are my biggest supporters. Moneybag, twin, baby girl, Ebony, Lexi, Candice, Shannon, Deja, Nisi, Davery, Rumi. My mentors, Darche, Brene, and the list goes on. I love y'all so much. And when I say wherever I go, y'all coming with me, I mean that. And that's on God. If you were to ask me what I think a woman is, I would say a real woman is a leader, a creator. Because let's be clear. A woman gave birth to every man and woman alive today. A woman is powerful, resilient, accountable, and fearless. Transparency moment. I struggle hard with accountability because I hated being wrong. I mean, nobody likes to be wrong, of course, but because I'm somewhat of a perfectionist with some traits of OCD, I always wanted to be right and perfect. Well, perfect doesn't exist. And I quickly began to learn that when I went away to college at ISU, certain experiences showed me that I wasn't always right and the way that I thought, and that I had to unlearn some of the toxic learn behavior that I picked up from my childhood. Now with accountability, that takes time and commitment. And I'm still working on that every day. So I wanna let everybody know, women especially, that we don't have to be perfect. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to change your perspective and opinion on things after you receive more information on the topic. We are all learning as we go and as we grow. Special thanks again to my guests, Caprice, Mia, And auntie better known as Tasha. Three females who embody what I know to be a real ass woman. So I'm going to leave y'all with this quote that stuck with me from Sarah Jakes Roberts' Just Enough Faith sermon. Quote, I would rather fail in faith than succeed in fear. End quote. Thanks for tuning in.